What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the To The Wheels Fall Out Podcast. And I'm your host, Candice, also known as Spice from Spice Life TV. And this is my beautiful husband and co-host, Creed. What's up, baby? Hey, babe. And what up, world? This is the podcast where we discuss relationships and reentry, particularly as it pertains to incarcerated individuals and their families. And why is that, babe? Because I did 23 and a half years in prison for a crime I didn't commit. Throughout that whole time, he was there with me. I did. We did that time together. We did it to the wheels fall off, and we're going to continue to ride and roll to the wheels fall off and we want y'all to roll with us so we rolling let's go let's get into this episode we're gonna start this episode with a new a newer um segment that Mm -hmm. we like to call for us by us Mm -hmm. and that is where we shout out black businesses that we are supporting yes and this one i want to shout out some girls that are really doing the thing right now and I, i they brought me on their platform it was an honor for them to bring me on their platform and they are doing some wonderful things i would like to share with you all today is the prison wives society they are a lovely group two women that started this group Um, But they are a lovely group of ladies that are really just doing the work of supporting wives of prisoners. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to read a little bit about their organization. And it was started, they're both Shantae's. The two Shantae's uh, are doing the Prison Wives. But it was started by Shantae Richardson. And she's the founder of the Prison Wives Society. And it was founded to provide support for women with incarcerated partners. She is committed to addressing the issue of recidivism rates in the criminal justice system. Throughout her platform, Richardson is focusing on initiatives aimed at rehabilitation, reintegration, and providing employment opportunities for individuals post-incarceration. Her efforts involve advocacy, awareness, campaigns, and partnerships with organizations that specialize in criminal justice reform and prison reentry programs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is exactly what we're into, too. So yeah. when she reached out to me about two weeks ago, they had me on their show as the retired prison wife, just to kind of give um, my side of how things have gone on since Babe came home. And it was such a lovely time. Mm-hmm. When I, I've always said, like, I never had that when I was going through prison with you. I didn't have, like, this support system or this group of women that I could um, lean on. Mm-hmm. And also... At the time, that was kind of taboo. You didn't really do that back then, at least how we were doing prison. Right. So to see these women that are rallying around each other and they're building community, they're um, really working at trying to alleviate or reduce some of the, the barriers that the inmates are facing and also their families are facing. And I just think that they're doing such an amazing job. Yeah, that's dope. It's so dope. I told them whatever they need from me, I am there and I even volunteered you. I was like, if they want to talk to someone who's out and so they can prepare their their husbands on the way out, like, let's get them. Because mm-hmm. I just think it's great that they're attacking it while they're inside because we've said that from the beginning. Like, it starts while you're in. Mm-hmm. And those women are doing the thing. It's a nonprofit they are all of the any donations or money that goes to that they are selling the t-shirts and their t-shirt profits go towards um all the things that they're working on in their nonprofit, and it, it's going directly to the families that they're helping so the That's prison great. life society is what's up so if y'all could give them a follow on instagram let them know spice sent you and just give them some love and if you have any family that you know is going through that um especially if you have a lady that's um uh, that has a, a partner that's incarcerated, please connect her to them because I think that they could be a support for her. I know it would have been a help for me and I just commend them for taking the stand and doing that. So dope. I mean, honestly, it takes a God sent type of person to be able to do this work, number one, mm-hmm. and then to do it voluntarily. I don't care if you're in love with the person or not. It's still, you can make a decision to walk away from this life. Well, and to, and do, to do the work while you're supporting the person. Mm-hmm. That was a lot for yeah. me. Remember, I would be like, I, I got to do one thing at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for them to be able to do all of it, it just shows how committed they are, how driven they are. And I know that they, these men have to be some special men for to be able to maintain these special women. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for all of them. And I just wish them the best. And I like I like I said, we are here. So if you need us, what we can do, you just let us know. Shantae and Shantae. The two t- Shantae's. Shantae and Shantae. I would like to personally, Creed would like to personally give you a round of applause for everything Yay! you do. That's dope. We That's do. Real. We love you it. deserve that. And thank you. Congratulations, yeah, ladies. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for that. Because men who are incarcerated they need that and sometimes they don't know they need it to the degree that they do but when you're like like babe did when you do it and you do it well Mm -hmm. and you do it with the intent 
to make sure that everything about that man's situation and y'all situation is easier yeah. because you have to do a bulk of the, the bulk of the work because he's incarcerated. And mm -hmm. I just really commend you for doing that. And I thank you, honestly. That's dope. Good job, ladies. Yeah, good job. All right, so the next segment today is gonna be our ice cream. And the question today is, would we be together if you didn't go to prison? No. Oh, really? No. Why? Um, I mean, because I was a different person then, so were you, right? Mm -hmm. And so even though we we loved each other back then, I don't think that the type of person I was was built for the serious relationship that was required. Mm -hmm. That makes sense, you know. So you and don't think we would have been together at all? Like we never would have got together? Oh, we definitely would have got together. I don't oh. know if we'd have stayed together. I'm yeah. sorry I, I, if I answered that wrong, but I, I mean, I mean, stay together. And it's not. And it wasn't like even when I was younger, it wasn't like a cheating thing or anything like that. It was just a. Um, it was a very. I was the only person I had to take care of. And mm -hmm. I think that a lot of person, a lot of, I think, a, I think a lot of my ways displayed that. Like, it's only, it's just me. It's mm -hmm. only just me, you know? And <clears throat> being a young dude and being in the streets and all that stuff, it's like, it's a relationship on a daily basis is not something that I probably, probably would have sustained me back then. Mm -hmm. And I definitely don't think that I was, I would have been able to sustain you, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I think we would have definitely started off like we did and we would have started off together. I don't think we would have stayed together, though. I mm -hmm. think like kind of like you said, I think that um, I was so church and so Christian. You know, them girls that kind of they do want that kind of bad side, though. I was interested in it. I don't I think that where he was, where you were and how you were living your life at the time, it would have been too much for me. Mm -hmm. Like it would have been if you were just kind of dabbling in that life, maybe, but you were in the life mm -hmm. and I don't think I could have handled that. Mm -hmm. I, I just was too, I was just, that was just not what my life was set up to be. My, you know, that's how, not how I was raised. That was not what was told. That was not what I, the plan was at all to mm -hmm. be with someone who was in the streets. That just wasn't the case. I think we would have been together until it got to a point where it was like kind of a crossroads where probably, um, me having to go to school and you not going to school mm -hmm. or you know me kind of going this way and you going that way and we just yeah the thing the thing is, is back then i would have loved to say you know we're soulmates of course we would have been together mm -hmm. and if i'm keeping it funky the truth of the matter is that way back then i think that no matter what happened we would have definitely got together I'm troubled to see if I figure out if we would have remained friends if we broke up. Mm. That's that's the only thing because I'm already convinced that we probably would not have stayed together. We got together back then. I never mm -hmm. went to prison, but would we have broken up and remained the friends that we were before we got together? That's a good question because we a lot of our connection was because our parents were connected mm -hmm. at the time because I was you know pretty young so it was we would see each other when our parents would see each other mm. so when that relationship fell apart I think me and you would have stayed cool and we'd have probably always been cool like I could I think that I could probably like know that I you could call me or I could call you mm -hmm. and we'd probably touch base and it'd be like when you see each other like hey, what's up I think we could we would always have had that but here's the other thing I think that two scenarios could have happened we went our separate ways when when I got to like, you know, 18, 19 and started to figure out what I was going to do with my life. Or you cracked me and, and totally turned me out before I was ready to. And I have your baby and now my whole life is different. Yeah. And I become who you thought you was going to have a baby mm -hmm. with in the first place. I don't think that that would have been the case. I think that we would have had a very, um, we would have been like this at first because my ideals of how I want to bring up my baby are going to be opposite of yours. Opposite. But I think over time, as you matured, <laughs> we would have came to a better place. Yeah. But I don't. So if we if we ended up having having a baby, of course, we'd be connected forever. But if we didn't have a baby, I still think we would have been connected forever. Just not in that way. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. 
You're probably right. The the baby thing was that would have been crazy because, um, yeah, that was my mentality back in the day in terms of me wanting to have a kid and not really concerned about being with the mom or anything like that. Just, but I I even knew back then I didn't want to do that to you. Mm-hmm. So it was like that would have been a that would that was an option. It would have been a struggle. God, and then too, like now thinking about the families. Like thinking about your family and how back then you still had a connection with them. Mm -hmm. I would not have stuck around for that bull. Well, you wouldn't have had to because that would never change. But if we had had a baby. Okay. And so I'm dealing with family and you and this baby and I'm still having to deal with them. Like that would have just, that would have just been. mm. Yeah. I mean. Ooh. Yeah. Because you would have still, you probably would have. I mean, at least longer. You'd have been dealing with them for longer, and I just I couldn't do that. <clears throat> yeah, that that, 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 that bullshit and having them feel like they have rights to and being messy yeah. and the whole baby thing and it just always being something like it would just always be something mm-hmm. that I'd be like I can't no. <laughs> the difference is they wouldn't have been able to use our kid to hold over your head to get you right because I didn't need nobody watching yeah, my yeah, baby. You didn't need nothing. I so. had I would have had my baby taken care of and I had my own family. That's what I think some people forget is I had my own family. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that I I don't know. I don't think we would have necessarily. I think we also here's what I also think we would have been together, separated, and later came back to each other. I mean, it's possible. You've told me that before. It's mm-hmm. possible. Right? Before I was like, nah. But, I mean, who knows? The only Why reason I don't you... be thinking that is because there was this, like, you know how I am. Like, when when I got Really? Like, I, yeah. You know that. What Even you now? For? You know that. Now you're just older. I, but we're talking about what it would have been. Oh, okay. How how it would have been then. Mm. So, yeah, I wouldn't have. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. No, you're no. right. Back then, you probably wouldn't have. Mm-mm, not at all. Well, now we know. Now we know. You stuck with me now. So, deal yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> you don't scratch your head. <laughs> I wouldn't think this is a scratch it, but this hair has grown. Oh, they, Catherine needs to see it because she don't believe Listen, it. Listen, Catherine... Catherine thinks she bald in the middle. Okay, the only reason I don't take it off because I ain't got no brush to brush it because it looks too old. But I am and not it ain't bald lined in the up middle. Either. Yeah, it ain't lined up. But I will admit, I will vouch. There is a bunch of hair on his head, and it's gonna be a bitch getting it off. And it went too long. <laughs> it went too long. I was rubbing it the other day. I was like, what, what, "So what are we doing here? <laughs> What's happening? What's going on?" That's what I'm trying to tell y'all. This is how tired I'm because I missed the whole day. I thought to, I thought. Listen, I thought today was. Tomorrow, when I woke up this morning, we already said that on the last episode. We're shooting two in the day, same day, so he's saying the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and what I'm saying is that's how tired I am because I shave my head in the shower, and I just been wanting to get in the shower, wash my ass, and get out. I ain't. I'm like, no, I'm not. So I haven't been doing it, and the days didn't caught up with me. Now it's been six days since I cut it. Well, tomorrow we're going to the regatta gala, so he's gonna have to get himself together because yeah. we got a regatta gala. Just <laughs> a gala, but. Who knows where the regatta gal is from? If you know what that line is from, put it in the comments. <laughs> they don't know. They know. I don't know if they know. The regatta gala. It's a regatta gala. Anyway, so we got to do that tomorrow, which I'm super excited about because I get to get all dressed up. I had to go and find out what the attire was and see what I had in my closet. If you don't know about me, is I've been shopping for years to be going on date nights, right? Because I couldn't. And I have all kind of date night dresses <laughs> that have come in handy for these last minute regatta galas. Because mm-hmm. we found out what, Thursday, Wednesday we were going to go. And I was like, let me check my closet. <laughs> Did you figure out which dress you got? I got three I'm going to go between. Mm-hmm. So we'll figure out the day. But yeah, you're going to have to get all this together by then because you're going to be stepping out Mm-mm. with your girl. I'm just going to braid it. <laughs> Could so you imagine? I'm braid it tonight. Someone like will that. be there with a braided beard. 100%. Somebody will be there at this regatta gala <laughs> with a braided beard. <laughs> 100%. We're going for uh, UBB, the University Behind, Behind Bars. Bars. Yes. 
And uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fundraiser for uh, that event, which we discussed in the previous podcast about uh, how guys are taking uh, real college courses in prison mm-hmm. through this program. And so a friend of mine is actually uh, director Mm-hmm. Uh, UVB and he's putting this together and he invited us to be his guests and so I'm looking forward to not only seeing my boy but mm-hmm. also kind of like taking my lady out and enjoying the night well and I mean I always love to get dressed up but it's also going to be fun seeing like even our friends some of our people dressed up because we've never seen them yeah, we've only true. seen them a lot of people have, I've only seen in prison clothes Yeah. so to see people out and then out like looking real good like mm-hmm. that's going to be fun yeah. and people we probably haven't seen in years yeah you only seen him dressed up at a significant other event. Right. Behind bars. And that just meant you put on an overly big size white t- uh, button-up shirt that they sent in. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be fun. Mm. Actually, we didn't even say, but we're going to call that our highlight and heartbreak section or uh, segment. Yeah. And that is our hi- highlight. Is going the, to the Regatta Gala? We're going to the Regatta Gala. I'm People excited look at me like, why are you calling them a regatta gala? Because if you know, you know. If you yeah. don't know, yeah. you should know. <laughs> it's just something we know. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Me too. I can't wait. All right, well, let's get into this episode. Let's do it. So it kind of goes in with our Ice Girls question. Mm-hmm. And the question is, did we ever break up? If so, why? <clears throat> well, the short answer is no, we did not break up. No, we have never broken up. We have never up. broken up. We've been close. We have gotten close. Um, circa, yeah, that was... Circa 2011. December 2011 yeah. when it kind of came to its head. Yeah, it was... It was, but it, And the thing is, it came to its head because it was like... It was literally like Two years a couple years of like... <laughs> just... It was really hard. Mm-hmm. It was hard. I was making it hard on us in terms of uh, my headspace... You know, I was really, really miserable during that time, especially doing it under the circumstances I was doing it as far as being innocent. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, at that point, I had been locked up 12, 13 years, and it was no end in sight. It was like I'm far from the beginning, but I'm still far from the end, too, and it was getting to me. And so a lot of times I took it out on my baby mm-hmm. in terms of uh, not communicating, in terms of uh, getting upset about stuff um yeah it was just i was a miserable cat mm-hmm. and you got to the point where you was just like i <laughs> this is hard enough mm-hmm. you know and then i'm I'm making it harder you know what i'm saying being a miserable cat all the time and so um and the thing is i i knew it but as a as coming from my background i mean you know you don't have therapists you got liquor stores and weed you know and so i don't know how to deal with those type of issues mm-hmm. Um, had you not shown me the tough love that you did in terms of saying like, I need like, we got to figure something out because I can't do it like this anymore. Because mm-hmm. I love you so much, it was like, okay, I have to figure it out. I don't care. It had not having that type of mental health around me is not an excuse anymore. I have to figure it out, and so we eventually did. But uh, let let the world know how you felt during out throughout that process. Well, like he said, it was a it was like a two year process of him just becoming more and more miserable. I think we had just kind of sunk into the time. It was like right in the middle of the amount of time, like mm-hmm. year what, twelve? Mm-hmm. And um we just weren't getting any real action or any motive any positive progress with him coming home like we didn't have anything that was like working in our favor Mm -hmm. and i think we had come off of a few denials from appeals and it just was very um just a very low time yeah and so of course you know i'm with him so i'm trying to just do what i what what i can do for him and before what what used to be enough wasn't enough so i would try to do more and then that would help a little bit. And then I would try to do more. And it's so hard to do more when you have like not a lot to do more with. Um, but one of the main reasons that was we had talked about, we mentioned this before, but one of the main reasons why I looked so hard for his cousin was because I felt like not that I was losing you because I thought you were going to leave me. I felt like I was losing you because I just could not make you happy. I couldn't fix the void or the problem. 
And so it was like, I need, I need some, somebody else to help him, like help him see that there is good left here and that there is a reason to keep fighting and to move forward. So T was really kind of my like, help me. Mm-hmm. That was, and I didn't come to her like that, but that was what I felt she was going to bring to us was mm-hmm. like, maybe she can just give him something else to make him happy for a little while because it's not me. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember working so hard at trying to get her here and getting her, helping with the t- um, getting her ticket. I think she ended up buying her ticket or I helped pay for some of the ticket, something. We were doing, we were, we were both working no, at trying to get you here. Like that was the <clears throat> whole thing. And, um, and at that time, it was a very different financial state. I was in a whole different financial bracket. <laughs> so it was just a really a harder time. Um, and so when she came and I was so excited thinking like he's going to be so excited and he's going to be so happy. And he still wasn't. He mm-hmm. still was not happy. He was still, while she was there, still just mad at me for stuff that was like, what? <laughs> and it just was like, I can't do anything to make this man happy. And I'm killing myself. And it's now making me not even enjoy the little bits of life I was enjoying. Like, I couldn't, I wasn't having fun. I was not enjoying, like, engaging with you, talking to you. The phone was becoming, like, that was when I started hating talking on the phone. Mm. Because it just was 20 minutes of you just being mad or you not talking or you giving me attitude. And I'm trying to, like, figure out what I can do. It was just, it was a lot. It was a hard time. It was a very hard time. It's a lot. If that goes on in any relationship, but particularly incarcerated relationship, that's too much. And, and I'm I'm very much a Leo and that I am loyal to a fault. I will be loyal to you until you literally burn me down. And for one, Creed was never somebody that I thought was just uh, here can go here one day, gone tomorrow. Like he always was going to be somebody to me. But it was... Um, and for somebody who is normally pretty good at like figuring out how to problem solve or figuring out how to help people with their problems and making them happy and feeling content. And for me to not be able to do that for my own man was just like, then what am I even, why am I doing this then? Mm-hmm. If we're both in this miserable, I don't need to be miserable in this with you. Mm-hmm. If you're not even appreciating me being miserable in this with you. Mm-hmm. And I was legitimately so, I was so beaten down. Like, I was just really like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was going with the girls. We were going to um, Butch Fest. And we were in the car. And I, you had just got off the phone. I'm, You know, every t- this is when you used to be not cool when I would be with my family or doing something fun. And you bring down the mood for that. And so it was kind of happening then and I was like no we're gonna we're gonna be at you know and I know I'll talk to you all I'm trying to still reassure you but my stomach was just on fire and I remember hanging up the phone with you and they're all doing their thing talking and stuff and I'm just looking out the back window like bawling hysterically quietly though because I don't want them to hear me but of course they hear me because we're in this little car and I just blurted out I was like I can't be with him anymore I I'm gonna have to leave him mm-hmm. and that I mean, I said it and I'm like bawling because I just couldn't imagine. I never thought I would get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was when I like I knew like I, I hate this for me, but I know I have to leave him because he's going to he's going to ruin me. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a very, very sad time for me. And I remember talking to you about it and finally, because I'd been kind of, I'd gotten mad a few times and been like, I'm not doing this anymore and just fed up and we'd fight. But then we'd be, you know, a couple of days we'd be back kind of doing the same routine. Never really get resolved, never really get fixed, but just we're going through the motions. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling you like, I don't, I cannot do this with you anymore. Mm -hmm. And I remember you breaking down because I was telling you like, I can't do it anymore. And you were just like, you can't leave. And I was like, I, I can't stay. <laughs> like, both of us were just like at this crossroads because I didn't want to leave him. That mm-hmm. wasn't what I wanted. But you were just impossible. I was impossible, you know. And it pains me to know that <clears throat> I was a catalyst for you getting beat down. Because, you know, I always tell you, like, this is supposed to be a safe place. Mm-hmm. The world's going to try to beat you down. 
you know, and your man is supposed to be the where you come get filled up, where you come get nourished or get re-energized. And I was giving you none of that. Mm -hmm. And it kills me to know that I was playing that role because I'm in the joint watching other cats do that to their woman. Only difference was not to make it better. Only difference was they were doing it on purpose, knowingly. Mm -hmm. And I honestly didn't know, but I apologize again. Oh, I know. I know. I know you know that, mm -hmm. but I'm just telling you because um, that's not something that you ever forget, you mm -hmm. know? It's not, I don't, I've never forgotten that whole situation. Mm -hmm. I remember days where, uh, I think I told you before, like I was getting ready to go lift weights and I'm sitting in my cell and I'm getting dressed and everything. And I'm sitting like, this is a cell. So like literally the wall is this probably about three to four feet away at mm -hmm. the most. I'm sitting on my bunk and my shoes is right there against the wall. And I could not put them on. I was just, I didn't know what that was mm -hmm. come to find out. It, most likely was a touch of depression. Yeah. But what I'm saying that to say is that misery was on me. And what I did not know how to do back then was communicate to you. Like I feel weird mm -hmm. and I don't know what it is. I don't know what to do. Um, and I didn't know that either. Like I didn't know that it was depression that he was going through and that I was going through. I didn't know that what anxiety was. I didn't know what those terms were really yet. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what they really looked like to be able to identify them because while he was going through his um, misery stage, I was just in a very low, depressed, mm. very low. I was just low. Uh, it was like a culmination of things like um, between uh, just kind of this, the, the stuff that happened with my family in 2008. That was like <laughs> a big issue for me. It was like I, I had felt like I had been violated by a family member's boyfriend and my family just didn't really do anything about it. I just felt like I was left alone. And for that happened in 2008. But over those years, the way the family acted with me and me feeling uncomfortable and feeling unsafe with these people that I'm supposed to be feeling safe with. And then not having that with him mm -hmm. where I could like he was on my side with that issue. But anything else in my life, you weren't. You were just piling on, too. Mm -hmm. And so I also had a dad that was doing his thing and making sure he made sure to make our lives just difficult. And that was happening still at that time, too. I was I lost my condo. I was going through a foreclosure. My first condo, I bought it. And now the economy was crashing. The, I was in a bad loan that was a predatory loan and I got foreclosed on and I was dealing with that depression and failure from all of that. Like there was just so much going on. I was at a very low place and still trying to uphold this man who was literally doing everything he could to just jump up, pound on us down because he was feeling so bad. I couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. I just felt like I was, I couldn't handle it. I just could not handle it. And you were the last thing I wanted to get out, get rid of, but I knew you were the first thing I had to get rid of because it was like prison was consuming so much mm -hmm. and it was taking up so much that I couldn't even do anything else. And then it was like, well, he doesn't even appreciate it. I don't even think he likes me. I don't think he wants me here. Why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And that was what led yeah. us to being, we had like a 30 day break kind of where I said to him, because you know, he had realized, like, I had got to that point where I was like, I don't care what you're saying. I don't want to hear it no more. I'm done. And then he now is saying everything I needed him to say two years ago. Now, all of a sudden, he gets it. Now, all of a sudden, he's telling me what I needed him to hear. He's love bombing me. He's telling me I'm going to do this and I'm going to do all that. And I'm just like, first of all, fuck you, because I've been going through hell with you for two years and now you want to do it. Mm -hmm. It made me mad. It did not make me endeared to him. It did not make me want to come running back to him. It wanted me to say a big you because that means you could have been doing this all this all this time and you just choosing not to. That's what it feels like. That's what it felt like. Yeah. I mean, and it, it wasn't that, but it definitely comes across like that because, you know, you hear it all the time, you know, you, um, when your well runs dry, boys mm -hmm. and men song, you know, you don't know what you got till it's gone, that type, that type of thing. And so what ended up happening is I had to change my focus. My focus at that those two years where I was miserable was the fact that I was incarcerated, the fact that I was away from life and life was just passing by and I'm sitting up in this motherfucking grungy ass cell for something I ain't do, right? So that was eating at me and that was my focus. It doesn't matter what you're in prison for though. If you are in a relationship, your focus has to be your relationship, has to be your priority. That wasn't mine. So then when that happened between us, 
I had to I had to get my focus, man. Mm-hmm. I had to get my focus. And so when I got my focus, it even felt weird to me to be saying the things that I'm just like, damn, like you're you're late. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um it felt weird to me too, but at the same time I wasn't gonna let the any opportunity I had to speak to you speak to you to go by again and not tell you exactly what how I felt about you. And during those times I was just always focused on all the negative shit going on. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of positivity in you and I was not paying attention to it. So, um, you know, just people out there, you know, when we talk about this stuff, I'm telling you, there's real life experience here in mm-hmm. terms of um, I'll never want to come across like I've always been correct or right or anything like that. Like I had some some growing pains to go through. And mind you, there was nobody there to guide me or lead me in that in that young man realm. You know, there was nobody to give me no type of advice. Hey, in the streets and on the yard, I'm the one giving the advice. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm still a young man at the time. And somebody needs to kind of let me know or check me and put me in my place about stuff that I'm doing. And there was nobody to do that. So then I had to almost lose everything in order to get that that uh, quote unquote checking. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's how that happened. But yeah, I, I'll i always regret that. That's just like I learned to live with that regret. Mm-hmm. You know? It's it definitely brings up like that. I still get that warm in my stomach when I think about those that time because just not even just the with us, it just was not a good time. Yeah. Like from two thousand eight to probably two thousand what sixteen, I think were probably the worst years of my life. Hmm. And it was it was crazy because my mom died in two thousand two and you would think that that would have been where it started. It's definitely started then, but it was it was also like I lost, I basically lost the family again in 2008. Mm. I felt like that was the beginning of just my life being completely turned upside down again and feeling so abandoned and alone. <laughs> just like, here we go one more time. Yeah. And then um, it just, it continued to happen. And when people, when you have people in your life that you're like, you know, I was still looking as them as my family, like people I would go to for everything. And when they're just not even caring that you're uncomfortable or caring that you're miserable or caring that you're depressed and they can see it, at least it seemed like you could see it. I don't know how you couldn't, but then you just ignore it because that means we have to do something. It was just a low time. Yeah, I was a low time for me. So it, it definitely still kind of stings to think about those days mm-hmm. and to think about that, you know, what if we didn't end up being together or if I left you in that situation? I think that that would always been something that would have been hard for me. Even if you deserved it, just mm-hmm. leaving you there would have been really hard for me to do. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that you didn't, even though I probably at the time deserved for that to happen. I don't know if you remember this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't quite make it the 30 days, mm-hmm. but it, that that we were, because you had went to the, you went to the Bush Fest Mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. And then, and I was only talking, I called you probably like, no, I called you every day. You did. And I, but we called, we talked every day. No, we didn't talk every day. You called me every day. And I told you, I would only talk to you when I felt like it. That was kind of my punishment to him was like, I'm not picking up this phone every time. Is that what it was? Yeah. Because you would call normally. He had me basically trained. The phone would ring, one ring, and I'm picking up the phone. <laughs> that's right. I'm damn that's near, right. I'm damn near Pavlov's dog when that's it comes right. to that phone. So, yeah, that's right. And I was like, no, this is, you are trying to, you know, I guess you're trying to make me feel like you really want me here. And me answering the phone all the time does not make me feel like that. I'm doing my life, and now you're going to fit into it. And that was really when I started changing how I started doing time with you. Mm-hmm. Because... It was before that was everything he needed was always the first priority. I would go without for him. I would lose for him. I would do nothing for him. I would have to be up early and late for him. Everything was about him. That stopped. It was like, no, I'm working my ass off from Monday through Saturday or Friday, sometimes Saturday. I'm having to be up at 6 a.m. or no, 4 a.m. to be at work in Seattle by 6 a.m. to do that Monday through Friday. And then I get my tail up at 7 a.m. to drive two hours to see you to be mean to me? I'm not answering that phone. <laughs> you answer, I talk to you when I feel like talking to you. Uh, Yeah, you're right, you're right. That did happen because I, I now I remember uh, 
we when we did talk, it really wasn't much to say because it was like I was trying to see if I could live without you. Because in my mind, I had already gotten to that point where I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Mm. So I had to see, since I had already got there, and then now you come with all this like, no, baby, 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 baby. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm not, I'm not just about to be a sucker. And you ain't going to be just turning me back around. And I haven't even got to like, you know. So it was more of me seeing, can I live without this man? Can I, can I go 30 days and just move on? Like, because I was already trying to do that because I felt like I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. you anymore it didn't work no it probably lasted like two weeks and it was like my best friend i need my friend well, back. well here's the thing i don't know if you remember but i will always remember um you said to yourself you said i guess you had said this alone um i'm gonna go see him and mm-hmm. if I don't feel a tug or something when I see him, then I know oh, it's no. over. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. And that was after not seeing him for like two or three weeks. I felt like if I can go in this visiting room and my and I just see him and it just I feel like I feel now, I knew it would be done. If I saw him and it would be what it normally is, which it did, and here we are. It did. <laughs> it did. Yeah. I was kind of glad though, like when I hugged him, that I was like, it just was like this, like, oh God, I missed him. I I wanted to miss you, but I didn't want to miss you. You know I, what I mean? I feel you. I, I 100% feel you. But I mean, I have that effect on you, um, in terms of walking in the room, okay, hugging you, relax. You're through. Then relax. You can tell me to relax if you want to. I I walk in the room. I'm gonna need I you walk to in relax. The room, and I hug you. It's over. For you, You're very but confident. at the same time, at the mm-hmm. same time, that's not what that wasn't my thought process then because I didn't even you didn't tell me till later that's what you had came up with. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember walking in and seeing you, and I was like, "Damn, she pretty." Oh, I knew I've been I was, tripping. I knew I was gonna be pretty when you saw me. That was I, one thing you knew. For I knew. Sure. I knew that you. I knew that you was gonna get pretty when I saw you. I knew what the fuck you was doing. But I said, "I know you can't turn this face down." I said, "I'm tripping." <laughs> Yeah. And I felt, I already felt bad. I felt the worst then at that moment. And yeah, that's where it goes every time I think about that time period. Um, but yeah, and even though that, that time went by where we weren't really talking every day and whatnot, um, you know, like we were still together. Mm-hmm. Um, we just wasn't communicating. And honestly, what what it showed me at that time was I wasn't talking to you very often. And then... I was probably talking to you the same amount then as I was when you were around because I wasn't communicating. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't. And I felt like a damn dog donkey the other day. I really did. Um, Yeah, that was bad. Um, But yeah, and gentlemen, huh? Go ahead. And gentlemen, you know, if you're fortunate enough to hear this conversation, uh, those incarcerated cats I'm talking about, if you're fortunate enough to build it, to tune into this, to like please understand that I get how pri- what prison does. I, I get the face we got to put on every day um, with the individuals that we're incarcerated with, both incarcerated individuals and COs and administrators. I get all that, but I also know what will be happening internally, especially when you're missing somebody or you feel like your life is passing you by and it can, it can bring you down. It can bring you down real low. You know, and what you need to remember is that hurt people hurt people, mm-hmm. you know. And so um, just try to make sure that you do not take that misery out on the person that loves you, especially the person that is supporting you. You are doing a detriment to not only your relationship, but your survival in that situation. I mean, it's as simple as that, mm-hmm. you know, and you will forever regret it. And ladies, I know that, I mean, I know what it's like to love somebody who is incarcerated and you want the best for them. And I also know what it's like to feel like sometimes you have to fill in the gap. And that is your job as your as a woman, as your man's woman, of course, you do that. But it's also very important that through this process, you're making sure that you're being taken care of, too, because mm-hmm. you are doing the bulk of the work. And they have to respect that and also nourish that in order for that to continue. 
you can't suck something dry and then not put anything back in it and then expect that they're going to keep being able to fulfill you. It's just not fair to do. And what that ends up doing is now that since you're not putting back in, now I'm taking from my reserve for me that I have that's just mine. So I'm now giving you all that I have to give you for you already. And then now you're taking more. Mm -hmm. And that's just not fair. Mm-hmm. And it's up to us to like help them see that. But then also you got to put that boundary there and really stick with that because it might feel like and he might help make it feel like you're putting him second because he's the way he's framing it or how he's feeling. But honestly, you cannot do this life with doing someone in prison if you're not putting yourself like you can't put yourself first because if you were putting yourself first, you're not going to be doing prison. But within prison, you have to put yourself first. Like, it has to be, okay, we're doing prison, but here I am. Mm -hmm. And then here comes you because I'm taking care of you. It has to be that. And he has to do that because you are doing it. Like, it's a lot. And, yes, he's doing the time. And and I'm not saying this to be callous, but he's going to do that whether you're there or not. So you being there is a perk. It's a blessing. It's a it's a privilege. It's an honor for both who are in this relationship together. But that has to be reciprocated and shown on both sides. Mm-hmm. It has to be shown on both sides. Yeah, well said. And another <laughs> thing, ladies, is that uh, which what I respected about the situation because a lot of cats, a lot of cats would be like, oh, like you know, especially in this prison situation, you know, saying, oh, you, you know, you let that happen, and you know, this, that, and the third. Let me tell you something. If you, you, I'm proud to be with a woman that had value in herself enough to say enough. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people, there are a lot of people, this viewed that there's a lot of prison wives who don't have that, that, mm-hmm. that backbone to do that mm-hmm. and don't feel that way about themselves. There's a stigma saying that, that they feel like, you know, a lot of you guys are, you know, weak or Less can't get nobody and else. You have to take just what you get. And, and yeah, you have to take what's being shelled out by these cats and whatnot. And I'm just saying, like, I respected that. She had a mind of her own and she had enough uh, value in herself to do that. And any man that loves you will also respect that in the end. It's going to hurt. Especially if it's been going on and you guys are really in love and you just never foresaw this coming, mm-hmm. it's going to hurt. But he's if he's a man, he's going to respect the fact that even in a marriage or a long-term relationship or whatever you guys may have, that your woman can set boundaries. Right. Because we have boundaries mm-hmm. and, and we expect her to respect them all the time. There's there's I got I have boundaries on top of boundaries. Did you I did. not? And so, so when your woman displays a set of boundaries on her own, you respect it and you, you love her for it. Real deal. Y'all, I'm over here looking like King Thug because I'm trying to, I have something going on up here for this regatta gala we're going tomorrow. And I didn't want to undo it for the show because I needed to be ready for the regatta gala. So y'all like my beanie? That is not what's happening. That's what's not what's happening? happening. You wanted to wear a blue hat because I had a blue hat on. You wanted to wear a black shirt because I got a black shirt on. You, little blue hat. you know what I'm saying? You just wanted to be like your boy, which is fine. Whatever. It's fine because okay. you are, but it's just at the end of the day, don't be talking about I got something going on up under here. I do. And if y'all want to see, Miss <laughs> no. Seeley is up under here. Um, <laughs> looking like Miss Seeley under there. No, nah, that just came visual? in my head. That just came in my head with that white nightgown on. <laughs> you and I were not <clears throat> Here's the other thing. Like, I didn't, I didn't really know what was going on with him. I didn't know that. I knew he was miserable. I didn't know, like I said, that a lot of it was connected to depression. And I don't think you can be in prison and not have some level of depression. I just don't. You have to be some guy. You have to be gangster. And literally, <laughs> him only. Yeah, like that's the only person I know that I think has never been depressed <laughs> in, in prison or a day in his life. But um, there's not a whole lot of uh, resources for that. Mm-hmm. And so one thing I I remember talking to him about was like, you know, when I started doing therapy, I would try to bring the skills or the lessons or the the things they were teaching me to him just to see if that would work. Not all the time, but, like, now there's so many more things. Like, they have stuff on their JPay players now. I think that they can get um, different podcasts. 
I'm hoping that they open up like telehealth and let people start having actual therapy appointments. That would be that would be awesome. But you can send books in, um, video clips. I try to sit, I would send little clips of stuff or like print <coughs> off articles and just things that would hopefully get him into thinking about what was going on in that head, different headspace. Mm. It's really hard to do, but just trying to get his mind out of it became the priority. Yeah. And then also just really leaning into my own mental health and making sure that I kind of got myself back on track because I was really off track. When I went and got in therapy, which was about that time, the therapist told me, she was like, she did an assessment test for something, like to see kind of where I was at. And she said, we went through our whole our whole session. She was asking me questions. I was telling her things. And she was like, I've been asking these questions because I'm so baffled because of where you scored and then how you present. They don't match. She's like, your score leads me, typically when I see someone with that score, they're in a, in a corner, in a fetal position, rocking themselves, can't talk, very catatonic state. For your score to be that high and for you to be able to present so well and to function so well, she was like, you have an, an immense internal strength that you have no idea about. I'll never forget her telling me that because it kind of, it kind of like empowered me. I felt like I am strong. I must be strong. I'm going through all of this and she's noticing I'm strong mm-hmm. and I'm still able to function, even though I wasn't necessarily doing a great job at it. But it, it was a little bit of just a spark for her to say that that was like, mm-hmm. I'm not weak. It's as weak as I feel. I can do this. I've been doing it. I'm losing everything. My life is literally crumbling, but I'm making it. Well, you literally can apply that to other areas, of, other aspects of your life, even to this day. Mm-hmm. And you're definitely one of the strongest, if not the strongest person I know. Oh, thank you, man. And so, uh, you know, I think that about you. I've said that to you many times. You have. Uh, it takes incredible strength, not just to ride with somebody. I, I stress this all the time, not just to ride with somebody, but to ride in the manner in which you did, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. There was a lot of integrity in in the way you did it. You. There was a lot of of like you said, putting yourself second. You didn't have to do that, but you did. Literally every I talk to you every single day down there in my time down there, and I should have been saying thank you at the end of every phone call. Yeah, but you're you're in it then, and it's hard to see the other side when you're. In it, yeah, yeah, and I knew you'd true. get here one day, yeah. Um, yeah, and I hope that all of them do. I think I, I knew you would get here one day, like, I knew you would see it once you would could see the other side, you could be like, Oh man. And now, even now, when I see how, like, when your friends call or they ask you to do something, or you see what it takes sometimes to, to be there for somebody on just a very <laughs> minimal scale. And how long it sometimes takes you to show up. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll be looking at you and watching you and be like, see, he don't even realize he never had to wait. Mm-hmm. He never had to, to wait for anything. Like, I almost broke myself to make sure you were good. And I would do it again because that's just how I love. Like, I do love that way. But I will say, I do see now where there should have been more balance mm-hmm. earlier on. Mm-hmm. And I... I love that there's groups like the prison wife society who is are teaching these women that they're teaching them like no you are still a part you're a part of this and you're probably the most important part of this and you have to take care of you so you can take care of this man Mm -hmm. i didn't get that lesson and i think that what they're doing is so amazing because they're 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 pouring into these women so that they can pour into their men and also learn how to pour into themselves and i think that's amazing i love that yeah. And I'm here at my big age just learning how to do that myself now after, you know, doing all that time with you. And I've even told you, like, you say that, people say that, even just the other day, your friend was like, you need a carbon copy of her. She does it. Nobody can do it like her. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's meant as a compliment. Um, But it doesn't feel like a compliment a lot of times because I know what it took for me to do it. And mm-hmm. I know what I'm still trying to replace and regain and repair mm-hmm. from doing it. And it's so... 
when I hear it, I know what they mean and I, I take that from that. But it's it's like I don't It's hard to wear that as a bad job. I don't wanna have done that this good. Yeah. Like it's not me doing that this good has left me at a de- a deficit. Mm-hmm. And that is what I don't want for other women to have to go through. Mm-hmm. I love that they think so highly of me. I mean the way that they speak to me and about me and to you about me and like even when sneak is talking to me about what someone else told them like i talked to sis and da 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 like i love that they hold me in such high regard i love that so many of them know like that one she's a real one and she's got us mm-hmm. that is that used to be kind of a badge of honor for me is because i knew that they knew i had them and it was like important for me to be the one that they knew that you knew and everybody in there knew like no Munch's girl rock rocks for him she t- holds it down but holding it down came at a cost yeah. and that that is just i i yeah so you so is is the thing that you want to convey to the women who are in this situation is that is to get balance as Early, soon as possible as soon as possible and it's going to be hard to do because you don't know what you're coming into and there's no one that can prepare you for it because everybody's situation is the same it is going to be overwhelming and you're going to just be trying to figure it out. But my goal is that along with like ladies with like the prison wife society is that there's so much information out there that you do have a better idea of what's going on. You have women being like, first visit, they are going to be assholes. This is what's going to happen. You're going to go in there. They're going to try to pat you down. This woman's going to make you shake your titties out. And then you're going to have to lift your tongue up. If she's the short haired one, she's probably going to have to make, make you move. But you know, like I would love for it to be that where we can just break it down like that for people. You can't do that. It's too many prisons, too many states, too many people. But if more of us are talking about it and saying, like, we wish we had done this better or like the prison ones are saying, like, this is how you do this better. I think that that is that is where I can make a difference. Mm -hmm. And that's where I can help. If you are going to do this, if you are deciding to go down this route, I can give you advice on how I would have done it differently and how I did it well, Mm -hmm. you know, because I, I, not to toot my own horn because I'm really not trying to toot my own horn here, but I can't say there is anybody that could have done that time better than I did it with you. I agree. So I can speak from that is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I think I can offer that expertise, but also do it this way (laughs) instead. Mm Kind of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, so, I mean, you're also saying like people come across like like Candace did that shit flawlessly. You know what I'm saying? And you're letting them know, like, no, because there was a lot of personal stuff that people didn't see exactly. that affected me more than all this shit. Right. You know? And so to to the ladies out there who understand that situation, who's in it and understand where we're coming from, balance is key. And I think it would do your man a service, you a service, and your relationship as a whole a service if you have that, I'm telling you. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, <clears throat> Like, nothing makes a man grow up faster than when he don't get what he want all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He gonna continue to act, I don't wanna say like a kid, but he just not gonna act his fucking age when he gets what he wants all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, that that uh, that confrontation, that boundary needs to be set. It needs mm-hmm. to happen, and I'm glad it did. Well, I also part. think that our dynamic kinda started off like that, cause you know, He's four years older than me. And back in the day, everything he said, I just, it was gospel. I didn't argue. I didn't say yay, nay. I was just like, mm, just so excited. And so I was still learning my voice, period. Like I, had, I didn't, hadn't developed my voice. So I really didn't have one with him. He's my first real, real like relationship. And he's older. And I'm not really knowing like, okay, is that stupid? Can I say that? Is this allowed? Or am I supposed to do that? What kind of girl am I supposed to? Like, I'm not knowing how to do all that. Then right after we get together, he goes, he goes to jail. So then it's like, well, now how do we do this? Because Mm -hmm. I don't even know how to do this part. I'm just kind of following his lead Mm -hmm. because I don't know what I'm doing. And so it just be kind of it was me following his lead. And then before I knew I'm just in this rotate this on this hamster wheel that he, he got me on. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is not fun for <laughs> nobody but you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it's kind of just, I, if, if you knew what you knew, you know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know. So yeah. now we know. Y'all listening? 
hopefully they're listening. It'll save your life. It'll save your relationship. I'm telling you. Yeah. Because, I mean, you have a woman here who, I mean, we're as happy as we've ever been in life. Mm-hmm. Right? But at the same time, she's telling you, like, she came out of it at a deficit. Mm-hmm. You know? And you don't want to do that. And you don't want to, and men, you don't want to be the catalyst for that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, get your shit together, men. And ladies, y'all too. Listen, I will say that this man has definitely got his shit together. I don't have any of the same issues I had with him before. He's not miserable. He uplifts me. He holds me up. He's always speaking life into me. He's refilling my love cup as much as he can. So he did not come out the box this way, but he's put in a lot of work. I added some eggs, threw some eggs at him, and it put them in the batter. Threw some oil and butter in there. We did, we rubbed we rubbed the sides down. <laughs> Had to throw them eggs right at his ass. You crazy. Um, so, no, he did not come out the box this way, but he's been worth all of the work. Mm. And, I mean, I can't, I'm not saying I was perfect either. So, I know that we both had to put in work, and I've grown up and become more of what he's he's needed me to be as well. So, it's definitely was both of us having to figure out figure that part out. But, yeah. you know, I wish I had spoke up sooner, and I wish I had demanded more sooner, but I didn't know. And now I know, and I demand what I need and I get what I need. There you go. There you go right there. Mm-hmm. When you know the responsibility is on you mm-hmm. to make it happen for sure. And if he loves you, he's going to do his best to try to meet you. He might not always understand it at first and he might not really know what to do. And so you might have to help him love you how you need him to love you because they don't know how to do it sometimes. And especially if they're not that experienced with having relationships. And you're saying, I need you to love me this way. And they only, he he just loved the way he knew how to love. So I had to show him like, no, this is how I need you to do it for me. And that was partly part of the process too. So while you're putting up those boundaries, being open and, and willing enough to sh- like help teach him what, what you need, but not in a way that's making him feel demasculated. Emasculated. 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 Yeah. I mean, the thing is, and, and it's not just incarcerated individuals. You, yeah. Ladies, you got to do that with anybody on the street. You have to teach people how to love you because people grow up a certain way and this is what they know. And they're not just going to naturally gravitate towards the way you need to be loved because that's what you want. You have to show them, tell them, and reciprocate what it is, excuse me, regurgitate what it is that you're telling them by through action. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But the thing is with her, with Candace is, I learned that she's a nurturer and I'm not trying to make excuses and say, you're so good at nurture. I'll never be that good. So I don't even try. I just know that I'm at a deficit when it comes to being able to nurture, like you nurture me. Mm-hmm. I keep saying that that makes sense. Um, you just, you're just good at it. Come naturally. You think about stuff that I'd be like, where the f- did you come up with that mm-hmm. to do that for somebody? Mm-hmm. You do that all the time. I, I could sit in a room for 30 days by myself and not come up with it. It's shit you come up with. I'd be like, what the, how do you do that? And then I, it, it, what makes me mad is that you make it so simplistic because I'll say something to come and I'll be like, Ooh, where'd you get that from? I'm thinking like you got this from like Europe or something like that or <laughs> something like that. You'd be like, Amazon. I'd be like, <laughs> No, because Babe's still, he's still getting used to the fact that Amazon is has everything and it can be there today. <laughs> he doesn't, that just blows his mind still. So when I, I'll get something that to me doesn't seem that fancy because it got, you know, I got it off Amazon. But for him, from when he is using it based on like back in the day, mm-hmm. you would have had to get a catalog, <laughs> order it from the catalog. Eight wait, to ten weeks. Eight to ten weeks. And now he told me last night he'll mention something and it'll be there by 4 a.m. the next morning. Mm-hmm. Like he just, it blows him. Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> so just he thinks that I'm soldier. just like, he thinks I'm just this miracle worker and then I do all of these great things. I wish I could take all the credit for that, but that's that Elon Musk guy. I mean, yeah. I mean, or who is he, the Amazon guy? No. He's the no, Tesla the other guy. Dude. What's his name? He's rich. He's rich. Bezos. Bezos. Yeah. Um, Jeff Bezos. So, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I'm used to, like, I have to go into a store and try on clothes to shop. Still. I I like to go into a store and get my groceries. I don't want to order them on. I didn't know people were still grocery shopping. Telling you. I, since the pandemic, me and Instacart 
No, I don't go to grocery store unless it is absolute emergency. And every time I'm go, I'm shocked at how many people be in the grocery store. Yeah, that ain't crazy. What you mean? To me, that's crazy to go. <laughs> Why would you so. go with all these crazy people out there? You're picking your own produce and stuff like that. Picking now, that your own part food. I can, like, like I, I, get. I just will never get used to it. I'm not saying it's not convenient. It's but the do you realize how convenient. much time I save by no, yeah, not going to the grocery store all the time? And when Bay first came home, he was eating like he had just came home. So we were spending almost a thousand dollars a month on groceries. <laughs> I mean, it was getting ridiculous because we were buying everything. So, Mm. yeah, I couldn't I couldn't have done that. And he'd be like, oh, I want to try this. I want to try that. And I think that's part of the way I take care of him is he tells me something and it just appears in front of him. Or he don't have to say, like, I'm running out of deodorant. There's always deodorant in the cabinet. If there's always something he's hit, all of his stuff is just he don't have to say, oh, I need that. It's just there. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes that he thinks that I'm just so magical but it's like no that's just I'm just taking care of my household that's crazy <laughs> it's just crazy to me I I know y'all don't get it but in it's hard I, I can't put it into words but it's called being a wife I think all wives get it I'm pretty yeah. sure every wife gets it yeah maybe you're right <laughs> maybe you're right because I just don't I be yeah. like and I, then when I do when you do say something I be like having to jump through 17 hoops to get it to get it done where you it seems like will just do it through one hoop mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and but here's the difference while like I had to constantly hoop you didn't have to hoop you had one thing you had to focus on mm-hmm. out here before you came home that was all I all I did was like how do I rob Peter to make PayPal and then get him over here to get him to do that. And then mm-hmm. get him over. Like, I had to know all the things mm-hmm. because that was it's your experience. That's just what I had to do. Yeah. So I figured out the shortcuts. I figured out this is what you do to get this. Like, I, I here's the thing. I never considered myself a hustler because I never was like in the streets hustling. But I am a I am a damn hustler. Yeah. I hustle like I know how to do so many things. Mm-hmm. And it's all about making sure that. Me and mine are good. You didn't know it was us? I never put that title on it because I just didn't. I thought hustling always had to do with street shit. You should have just asked a hustler. I'd have told you. You a goddamn hustler. I should have known I was walking right into You that. wasn't walking to nothing. You think I'm joking. I'm dead serious. Like, you should have just asked the motherfucker. I'd have told you, like, you, you the best hustler there is. Yeah, That's but I also you... thought hustling was attached to having funds with it, like having the money that goes with it. And I don't always have. No, that doesn't mean that. It's 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 like hustling. Hustling derives from survival. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I know how to do that. Yeah, that's all it is. It's surviving. Mm-hmm. It's figuring out how to you know be in the jack of all trades. You know, and some people are. Some people are jack of all trades and they are ace of none. Like they don't do one thing good. They just do a whole bunch of things well, and they're able to. But that's you see how many people can't do that. There's a lot of people that can't do a lot of things. No, but well. see, I feel like I'm a jack of all trades and not an ace of one. I think I do a lot of things. Yeah, that's what I said. You're a jack of all trades. But but an ace of none. No, I'm not saying you're not an ace of none. I'm just saying some people are a jack of all trades and an ace of none, which means they don't do any one thing very good at all, but they can do a bunch of things well. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I think that fits me. I think I do a bunch of things well, but I don't do any one thing amazing. Okay. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? You don't even want me to. You like, are you don't want me to today. go into detail. I don't. Put you your don't hand down. You don't want me to go into detail. Put your hand I will go into detail. <laughs> All I right? don't know what is going on with this man. I see what's. <laughs> no, but I mean, honestly, I can't say that, babe. I mean, you, 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 you cook very well. Yeah, you well. Love very well. I'm t- well. I'm talking not- about ace a spade. Well, you love. Excellently. The the thing is, not only do I have everything I want all the time, Stu Munchie. Oh my God, <laughs> Stu Munchie. This the, the way you raise him. <laughs> like you didn't raise the rock before, because you sure look like it. <laughs> That's my boy. I think that you are excellent in engaging in with the the family that I have that I communicate with. You know what I'm saying? That's and, and a lot of times you be like, um. 
I've been talking to them a lot lately. I've been talking to them more than you. Mm-hmm. But they, they, you understand, like, my family, I know you've been around Yaz for a while talking to her, but, like, my family don't do the outside shit. And both T and Monty Rita be, like, calling you and all that. Like, they don't. I know. I'm telling you, that's it's something about you. Oh, well, that's nice. You know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily them, because that's not what they do. Well, also, I I love that they call me and that they feel comfortable calling me. Yeah, I, me too. But I also think it's because you don't answer your phone. I do. But they ain't calling me. They just not calling me. Probably because they know they you don't answer your phone. How they know that? I have not missed a call from either one of them. That's what I'm saying. They would not know I don't answer my phone. I'm they know that. Sure. I bet they would both tell you that you have missed calls and not return messages. No. No, no I answer the phone. Okay. If they if they feel like I don't answer the phone because you told them that, no. Yeah, because you lead with that sometimes. You be like he don't answer his phone. They, but I no. have not missed a call from either one of them. They all have said yeah because I'll try to call he don't res- to, he don't return messages and I'll say yeah no he ain't gonna return messages. When I say that it's because someone else has already told me that they just said it and I'm like you know don't feel bad he does that to everybody. Yeah. Oh, the <laughs> message you say message though. Messages oh, yeah yeah messages yeah you're right. I, I got time. Cause the, I the crazy part is you rather talk on the phone than text. I rather text because I feel I can do more things when I'm texting. Well, it's just that I know I I, I think sometimes when I'm texting because if I give like a short response, I'll come across like rude. Eh. Mm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I have to you know get detail add context to the conversation. I don't be having time. Mm. Time. Time. So I'd be no like I'd be like yeah okay I'll get back to you on that or. And the thing is, it's nothing. If you text me, if you send me a video or something, and expect me, expect, I'll watch it. But that don't mean you won't get a response about it. It's like I see it. Okay, that's cool. But the whole point is that they want the response. That's why they sent the video. They could send it to somebody else. <laughs> so y'all hear that? Save your videos. He ain't yeah. watching. No, you can. If you want me to see it, I'll see it. But I'm saying if you look for a response to a video, it's like all the time. It's like uh, you want something. Just, just say. No, don't say that to Yaz because she'd be mad when I think it's in her <laughs> I don't do... Like, girl, not everything's a heart. Yeah, I don't do those uh, pictures and stuff like that. Pictures. It's emoji. Oh. <laughs> I just do words. I just do words. Okay, we're rambling. This is getting way too ridiculous. She had 45 minutes. We have probably eight min- minutes of chatter. All right, y'all. Thanks for another episode. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you come back next week. Same time, same place. Stay beautiful. Stay black. Stay blessed. And we will see you guys on the next one. Appreciate y'all being here. All right, guys. Bye.